0: Alright, so I welcome you all back, getting together, gather around the fire, whatever that fire is for you, you know what it is, wherever you're getting that warmth from, it could be the TV screen with me on it, doesn't matter, thank you for being here tonight, Uh, If you're watching live, then it is about 6.56 p.m. on the East Coast. Add or subtract wherever the hell you are, whatever time zone, and there you have it. Everybody else who's listening in the hereafter, then um, hello to you on whatever day, and whatever date, and whatever year, and I'm really appreciative of the time we're going to have tonight, and we have a great guest coming on. It's just one guest. One guest. I was going to have V, Gorilla, and uh, Velez, both from Rogue News Beyond, together tonight. It was going to be like a, a round table kind of a thing. I, I was really excited. It's been a long time since Velez, Velez has been on, and we never had V on. Although I've been on his show twice, so we're gonna have to figure this one out. Anyway, Velez is here tonight. V, uh, unfortunately, had to um, had to skip out for some personal things going on, but everything is well. No worries. And we will uh, we'll iron that all out. But it's a Wednesday evening. It's a hump day. May you all get humped. Or do some humping. And the date is November 8th, 2023. And greetings to you all. Whether you're watching on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, DLive, Rockfin, Beyond, but Pilled.net. Which is also in uh, in embedded very cozy way on quite frankly.tv. Hello to you. That is quite frankly hub for not only the show, but everything after and in between the quite frankly network. So thank you everybody at Pill.net, quite frankly.tv. That's been a wonderful marriage. I can't wait to build on in the future. So, um, Oh, which is, yeah, I should say, once again, uh, starts next on Monday, On Monday night at the intermission is when everybody's going to give it be given a chance to jump over to uh, the I will put the pilled link into all of the episode descriptions. So wherever you are at the moment, you'll be able to bounce over by hitting that. We'll put a QR code up on screen so you can go to wherever as well. And you can always fall back on quite frankly TV. So that's what it is. And what I've been loving is that I've gotten a lot of the older uh, members of our audience getting in touch with me because, you know, I understand that, uh, you know, doing things a little bit different could be nerve wracking, especially if it takes you a while to learn one platform over the other. And I am so happy with the people who've gotten in touch with me. He said, Frank, I was so nervous, um, but between your station on pill.net and with just being able to navigate quite frankly, TV and watch things there and cast to my television it is so much easier than I thought it was going to be I'm very happy with that because it's a good thing we're doubling down on the future and uh, and we are tethering to each other so we don't lose track when the undertow comes tugging along alright that's what we have tonight velez and depending on how certain friends of ours feel in the second half who knows we might even get a special guest but i have more than enough to carry us through let's get into the super chat so far um i would also like to just say thank you to blue monster prep and all of our friends on the affiliates page go and buy some stuff for for uh christmas but i should say that we're going to have two new big additions on quite TV, the affiliates page a brand new coffee by the coffee revolution In Iowa Uh, they're all gonna be linked up over there on the affiliates page soon we've got this the page set up we've got the coffee picked out the marketing everything's ready to go we're just going to update and that'll be on its way Um, so you'll be able to get yourself start stuffing stockings and then also we're going to have brand new rebooted merch which is going to be done by our friends at Rise Attire, getting away from Teespring. Um, the quality in the shirts are going to be incredible. The we're going to take very, very special care of the designs, and I can't wait. I can't wait to start building on that, and it, it's going to be a, a lot of good stuff happening, and it's all happening at once. The new deal uh, that that we're doing for doubling down on our independence on Quite Frankly TV and Pilled, and then everything else. And I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good. Nina Simone would be happy for me for me all right well that's what we have thank you everybody go to quitefrankly.tv and enjoy everything on the affiliates page Uh, for tonight in the grab bag we're going to star on mediaite so you know it's gonna be crazy all right let's get uh, this up on the screen forgot to bring it up there duly elected you know who was duly elected kids Hitler Hitler was duly elected. Hillary Clinton was invited onto The, the View, and she answered a, a question, a very well thought out question by, what's her name, the uh, Sonny Halston, about what do we do about a second Trump term if we get one of those? Well, to uh, save you all from listening to her voice, I'm going to read you the transcript. What would happen if he's to be reelected? Hillary Clinton goes, Oh, I can't even I can't even think, because I, I think it would be the end of our country as we know it. I don't say that lightly. Our country. As if she shares it with anybody. You know, I hated losing, she said. And I especially hated losing to him because I had seen so many warning signals. Yeah, like like his ability to write checks to you. During the campaign, but I immediately said Look, we have to give him a chance. We've got to support, you know, the president that we have. And I meant it, and I tried really, really hard. This is a woman who at the time had already paid millions of dollars to effectively commandeer uh, portions of the media and British intelligence to be able to go and commandeer the FBI and sick all of her supporters sitting inside the fbi on trump and they immediately afterwards after the election was ended and she and she lost they immediately went to work on dismantling trump's cabinet i don't even know if mike flynn made it to valentine's day 2017. and this is the bullshit she's running <laughs> I, re- I we I had to give him a chance i really tried i really tried she's satan she's satan I think that he'd be even worse now because he was somewhat restrained back then, believe it or not, and in fact, the first term by people who he hired because he thought that they would go along with him and they stood up to him, right? So um, she says, and so now he's going to, if he were ever near the Oval Office again, find people who have no principles, no conscience, who are totally tied to, you know, his fortunes, literally, And therefore would do whatever he said oh that sounds delicious delicious if I were Trump and I want a second term despite everything that's being thrown at him right now I would put a want ad up in the penny saver okay and I would put a want ad up for cabinet members that's what I would say cabinet wanted hardened Americans with no scruples you must be devoid of scruples that's what I would do. Frank, how who would you pick for your cabinet? I would go to the Penny Saver and put out a want ad. And I'd take any 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 hardened American with a chip on their shoulder that just that just wants to put the screws to the people who screwed us. That's all. And then of course she goes um, and and why what I, what I meant by uh, so the wreckage the wreckage is almost unimaginable You know when I was Secretary of State I used to talk to, uh, about one and done What I meant by that is that people would get legitimately elected and then they would try to do away with the Elections and do away with the opposition and do away with the free press you mean like all your friends in Ukraine You mean like what's going on right now? And she says and you could see it in countries where well Hitler was duly elected Wow, that's deep. Hitler was duly elected, right? And then, and I re- also remember when Hitler was sabotaged by an un- completely unaccountable bureaucracy of crooked cops and judges, and 96% of the German media was against him. And I remember when Hitler was then investigated nonstop, impeached twice, the second time that he was impeached came after he was run out of Germany. After he was run out of in uh, out of Germany and an 80 year old child molester was inaugurated instead I remember that was the most harrowing part of the Hitler story That was harrowing So she's but you you have to understand what she's doing here to the women who watch the view This is their history lesson for the day. Okay, so when they go uh, and they're online at the AMP They have bought their um, their laughing cow cheese and their activia yogurt to regulate their gut biome. When they're online at the AMP and they're chatting it up with some other local Yenta, they can find a way to slip in there. Well, you know, we gotta be careful. Hitler was duly elected. And then the other Yenta will go, Mm-hmm, mm hmm. That's what I said. Okay? And then and then of course the son will say, Mom, who's Hitler? Oh, he invented anti Semitism. We'll talk about him one day when you're ready then that's it for some people this is their history lesson for the day so that that's why this this rotting hag would go there but uh she did and of course oh here and here's another example of what what happened to Hitler after he was run out of Germany by an 80 year old child molester who uh, <laughs> uh anyway here's what they also did to Hitler This is from Becker News from today. Judge approves prosecutor's motion that would force Donald Trump to give up attorney-client privilege. Do you understand how insane this is? My question is, which of Trump's civil rights are still intact? Between the gag orders and the no juries and the now they're trying to take away attorney-client privilege. I mean, and they would do far. Again, it always comes down to this. Donald Trump's political viability is now, that's it. After 2024, that's it. So one, this is really not about, are you on the Trump train or not? So much of this is about applying it to your life, to your children, and to your unborn grandchildren and great-grandchildren. What kind of a world are they going to live in? Because far worse would be done to them with no press coverage, that it's going to be there to talk about the carnage of what's being done to their lives, based on some kind of opinion they have, or a donation they made, or a play, anything, a joke they made. We we see, we see what the targeting um, inside the media, especially with CISA and everything else that was just exposed and expanded on. You know, we had all the Twitter files and stuff like that, but also what what uh, Jim Jordan just released this this week was a little bit more backup for that a little bit more of a uh, an expanded view we're um, we're we're all going to be coming under fire at one point or another if this keeps up anyway there's that and then we have this to end because I want to do a couple of seconds of um, of election talk before we bring on Velez tonight here's a headline from the New York Post which should be very heartwarming helicopters helicopters are making crocodiles horny and here's why well I'm glad I'm not the only one the project star Sarah Harris took a moment to apologize to Channel 10 bosses during Tuesday night's episode of the panel show Harris was speaking about Crocs with co-stars Waleed Ali Tom Cashman and Kate Langbrook when she made an X-rated confession. The panel were discussing news that Queensland male crocodiles are, quote, being driven into a mating frenzy by the sound and vibrations of Chinook choppers flying overhead when things took a lewd turn. The owner of a crocodile farm in the state recently revealed that their mating season has started especially early this year due to being sparked accidentally by the armed forces. Harris explains that's right, the helicopters are making the crocs horny. There's no easy way to say that. Experts aren't sure why but they think the helicopter may have surrounded like a thunderstorm which can often get the reptiles feeling Randy. So there's some there's some news for you that won't ruin your day. Maybe it'll give you hope in some way. I hope you feel I hope you feel hopeful right now. All right well that's it. I'll be on the other side of the intro. And we all set the table for our guest, Velez, from Rogue News as he arrives. And I can't wait to hear from you guys and gals tonight. In the meantime, please share the show far and wide. Wherever you're watching, just hit the share button. Hit the share button and uh, and let's rock out. Also, I implore you all to leave some messages that we can read after uh, intermission. When we are getting through to, um, to all of your thoughts and all of your shout-outs and things like that. Quite frankly, superchat.com that's quite frankly superchat.com you can take a picture right there take a snap of that qr code on the screen right there you can leave that quite frankly super chats that's the universal super chats for everything uh, there's also the gold pills there's the rumble rants and there's tips on rockfin um, even when we are jumping off at of intermission anything any tips and rumble rants and all that stuff that are left in the beginning will be read in the second half anyway so never hesitate to contribute to the show in any way, shape, or form. We love you all, and we will be right back. Don't go anywhere.
1: You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a 100 to 1. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay?
2: Let's ride!
0: So I am so happy to kick this one off. Thank you guys and gals for following along and for being a part of the nightly experience here. You know, I was looking at, here's something I, you know, as far as my hopes and my involvement in the election yesterday, this, I don't know how many of you out there had elections around you or in your state. I don't know if it was across the board, but we had some, you know, state Supreme Court, but there's a couple of ballot measures. That was a real thing I wanted to just go and, and uh, throw some, some heat at. One was about, I think, uh, amending the state constitution to lift spending caps on schools. And I said no. Then another the one about state constitutions with sewage. and No. It'll still, I, I, I don't even see if it passed. doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Because we'd have more than enough money All the money that's being taken from us We'd have more than enough money to keep our schools In perfect condition if we weren't teaching um, You know God knows how many foreign uh, Foreign uh, nationals And all their children That's just what the thing is That's just what it is constantly So Other than that I don't know what, What would I have for yesterday I had no real hopes I don't really care um, in that respect, I'm more interested in what people like Marley Hornick are doing because in the current state that we're in right now, what, what, what can you, what can you really expect? So that's the, those, are the efforts that I'm really interested in right now, because those are the only ones that dictate whether or not we have a fighting chance in the future. Um, but then you, you wake up and I read this and then I, I see all of the celebration on the, um, all the celebration on Twitter from, you know, the freakish creatures that are on the 4U tab. I'm sure you see them as well. Here's the headline from the AP. Democrats won big on abortion rights Tuesday. Here's what the results say for the U.S. going forward. It is all abortion. Democrats had plenty of good news to celebrate in Tuesday's election. Uh, abortion rights supporters won an Ohio ballot measure. A Democrat governor of beef and beef beat red Kentucky. I know. A Democratic governor of beat red Kentucky. That gives you people like Rand Paul and well. Then again, they waste their votes on Mitch McConnell. So, but but how the hell did this happen? The elections, the re-election. I I don't know. But that's just the way it is. And uh, and that's it. And they're they're it's, it's it's reelect reproductive rights, reproductive rights, abortion, abortion all over the place. Pennsylvania Supreme Court, a Democrat won there after campaigning on his pledge to uphold abortion. Uh, Virginia, they took full control. The Democrats did of the state house there because they want abortion. They need their abortion, 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 abortion. It's all it is. And I'm, and I'm reading through this, and I'm saying to myself, I'm saying to myself, you know, I mean, what I was realizing is that as I watched the celebrations, as if it was VJ Day, from these creatures, when I see George Takei to the Krasenstein test tube babies, this is a huge win. This is huge. It's all, it's all abortion. It's all abortion. And then it was really what it came down to was good old coffin legs there. Good old coffin legs, Letitia James who is high off of her own clout these days, completely unreasonable woman, living a reality TV dream right now with all the, the people she's fighting in court. We might as well have Flava Flav as an AG. That's exactly what we're talking about here. She goes and tweets. She adds her uh, voice to the madness of the evening on the internet. My body, my choice, period. Wow, wow. And that's when I really just reminded myself that there is no fixing this ever. We need at least three pro-human generations totally uncorrupted by this kind of bloodlust for there to really start being a, a change in things. Because it's one thing to champion social security, education initiatives, college education, all that stuff, healthcare, any other government subsidized scam that is is uh, you know, promoted as some great thing and of course has has its own destruction baked into the concept where you're always going against human intuition. You're always going against human ambition and human nature. This is what is always happening here. Even when we talk about the regulatory bodies that are created, that people think are great and they're always serving us well. The CDC, no, the FDA, the FTC, every regulatory agency that dictates everything from us, from how we run our businesses to how we collect rainwater. We are treated like babies and encouraged to surrender as much responsibility as possible, okay? But when we talk about abortion, and we do from time to time, we are talking about the shedding of the deepest layers of responsibility that there, that there are, the responsibilities to take care of life that you created. So last night, last night when that, uh, that poser, Letitia James made her tweet and tried passing it off as some affirmation of freedom. I couldn't stop thinking to myself as I got into the shower and went about my night and all that stuff. We we can't as a people actually conceptualize freedom, independence anymore, let alone ever live it. I don't know what the hell these people who are jumping up and down about one election or another think that they are celebrating. I mean, everything both parties, major parties champion aims to fix outcomes, to kill real opportunities for people, and to absolve everybody of personal responsibility in one way or another. And that's just what it is right now. That's what it is. They love it. And they love that so many people live like zoo animals in this country. They love it. So, I, I mean, I, that, that just really took me over last night. It's just realizing that, uh, I don't know, I just it's just nuts. The other thing you get is a lot of those GOP people who try to uh, sp- speed along the erasure of Donald Trump so that they can get back to normal levels of controlled demolition, because that's really what this is all about. Okay, they purposefully, the, the Republican Party, they purposefully place insufficient amounts of funds into underwhelming candidates and then they say trump is dragging the party down when trump is is beating his opponents by 50 plus points what are you talking about you're underfunding races you're 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 just torpedoing the entire thing which you, which is what you were doing uh in in waves and ebbs and flows prior to trump's arrival anyway and this is just why people hate Rep- i hate republican party so much more than the democrat party you know when a um a uh, a vicious band of uh, hyenas is are perfectly comfortable with who and what they are, and will act with reckless abandon to get what they want. You can almost respect that, even though you, they're a vicious band of hyenas. But this is uh, this is something else. And then there are people that are out there who are saying that it's, it's not it's not about Trump. It's just about abortion. Well, then whatever. Maybe it's for the best that we lose as quickly as possible and crash into the sea then, because if it really is about... If if abortion is really the only motivating factor for people, that we have to find uh, moderate ways of of pumping the brakes on, on on the murdering and the harvesting of baby parts and the industry that is propped up by it, aside from the fact that we know it's not safe, legal, rare bullshit, we know it's not about rape and incest, If it's really about that, then over 99% of abortions would would disappear overnight anyway. It's about contraception. And if that is really the only motivating factor for winning and losing elections, how well you tiptoe around the nature of abortion and what is actually happening right now, then we deserve the tribulation. We we completely deserve it. What am I going to say anymore? Just... uh, it just is what it is hey well you know what i want to welcome back our good friend velez it's good to have him on it's been months and months and months how are you sir do you hear me velez you hear me yes sir hello man how you been
3: i'm good how are you my friend
0: i'm all right i'm all right just trying to sift through the garbage on a wednesday night you know how it is
3: there's always garbage on a wednesday
0: night oh i know I know there's always garbage on a Wednesday night, and you know the thing with me, and I, I want to ask you about this just in general, because you know I don't really, um, I don't really spend too much time looking at polls and, and numbers and studying what happened after elections. I have people that I, I can bring on to summarize that for me, but what I am looking at here right now is that there is a a certain a certain thing that has taken over our country that I, I don't understand. That if if of something like abortion, we obsess so much about it right now, that if we can't wrap ourselves around, wrap our heads around that, and actually speak to it truthfully about what we're talking about, then how the hell would we ever really be able to solve any other problem of merit? Any other problem that is really just financial in in nature? Well, we're arguing over of over how to define life and when it's a, what's a, what's an appropriate cutoff for deliberately extinguishing it and dismembering it. And, and it, I mean, I mean, this is this is what we can, we can't agree on something fundamental like that, primal something primal like that. What the hell are we going to do when it's just we can't even get the dollars and cents?
3: Well, it's a very it's a very loaded topic. Um, for all, all concerned. Uh, and that said, um, the, the other challenge though is, as hard it is for, for folks to kind of go down this road, is stepping back a bit from the topic itself and looking at the, at the uh, bigger take on things, which is uh, number one, that topic and a couple of the others that were out there like uh, marijuana legalization and similar. Um, anytime you're in a situation to draw in the voters emotionally on a topic particularly by telling them that that a perceived or a real right is being denied they're going to react a certain way I'm not saying that the average person is too ignorant to understand what's happening to them but we're, we're living in a highly sensitized and intensified environment particularly after 2019 and on that particular topic of abortion um, again we're we're not all sides concerned are blind to the various parties that are involved in that, the people who benefit from it. Um, again, I'm trying to to walk carefully on on this topic from a from a higher level view. But I think it portends how they're going to package uh, other issues as we get into the next election, both at the state and federal level.
0: Yeah, no, I get you. I get you. Uh, especially with the way I saw some people talking about that in particular, that the wording of even these, um, these referendums and these, these, these ballot measures that are, are there for people to vote on some, the, the wording is manipulative in the way where people who aren't, aren't looking into deeply are, are getting psychologically triggered into doing one thing or another and not really knowing, uh, how far down the rabbit hole this is all going to go. Um, like we have a when we have our friend Rich on to talk about how how polling is done how carefully you have to choose words when you are surveying potential voters to be able to get the most accurate unbiased tell of what's going on in the reasoning of you know what the kind of reasoning that people employ when they are taking a look at things that are going on in the country and decisions that may have to be made at the ballot box and all that so There has to be a uh, there has to be at least a little bit of that as a factor there too. the way that things are worded and and how people uh, look at things a little bit uh, less deeply than others.
3: We definitely saw that uh, in certain state initiatives a year or two ago. uh, There were a couple that we covered on on our rogue program about uh, depending on the state where the parties that brought the ballot, it it almost becomes like a double negative. no for the issue means yes. Yes for the issue means no. Uh, other different ways that that they've kind of obfuscated from the public uh, what they're doing to you in in how these things are worded, and it doesn't make things easier because a lot of this stuff you know requires a lot of time to go dig into it. But I mean, if you had the time and the means to either file Freedom of Information Act requests or or just go down to the local records office and dig up who is sponsoring. Any of these ballot issues, regardless of whether you're for or against, or, or if it's even a topic that you have you have no skin in that game, um, but to look at you know is it the pharmaceutical industry? Uh, is it some small but well-funded uh, organization who's out there and has the right attorneys putting the right things on on ballots and what have you? And it it only adds to the challenges for the public uh, in having to research these things before you even walk in to the ballot booth. I, I myself have <laughs> found myself in a couple of situations just having to scroll through items, whether I'm using a, a physical ballot or electronic to just skip certain things. Cause it's like, I have no clue what the crap that is. And I'm not getting into the, I probably should have done my research. I'm a bad voter. I should have I should have looked into that more deeply before I, I got into the ballot booth. But you know, and this, this kind of stuff, especially at the political science level, University of Michigan, some other places that are very keen on this stuff. Um, this goes back to the 1970s about the narrative, especially if you're in Washington, D.C., walking those streets, and you'll you'll hear the, and it is, laughter in certain bars and places where the neat and elite in Washington hang out. About You'll hear the media sometimes go down that road of, well, we need to have a national debate. Well, for God's sakes, I don't think this country's had a national debate since we signed the Articles of the Confederation. I mean, it's usually a lot of people who are very powerful and have wealth are putting things out there saying, hey, public, what do you, what do you think about that? Uh, and it and it takes both the voting for the, for the topic itself, but as well as the follow-up of making sure that monies are spent properly or what have you. Case in point, the state of Illinois, I, I'm probably going to have my facts a little off, but it came out this morning, the state of Illinois is now investigating, I think, 111 people for basically stealing funds from the state. They're state employees and they've been stealing funds from the state. Oh. I mean, the only way that ever gets investigated is not because of an over-eager um, prosecutor, but because somebody somebody turned them in. Uh, one of the things we, we recently covered on one of our programs was um, the the very powerful and very uh, well-known uh, defense contractor, Booz Allen Hamilton in Washington. Uh, for a number of years, they'd been overbilling the government. And uh, I'll segue a little bit later as to why this matters. But I mean, the, the net of it is, is that one of Booz's own employees went to the government and leveraged one of these things folks don't understand exist, which is if you go to the government and you say that an approved government vendor operating on an approved government contract is basically taking advantage of or lying to the government, the government will provide you the government's own prosecutors who prosecute that vendor. The government will help you prosecute itself. And most folks are like, what? And it's like, yes, this is all true. But unless you have some legal background, or you've been through these things, or you've been trained by folks that that work in these lines of work, you don't know that that stuff's there. So in that case, uh, the woman who brought the litigation against her own former employer, uh, she ended up getting 20, 30% of what the government uh, got paid in fines. And she got paid, I think it was over $20, $20 million. So. This is the thing, is, is even if there's an issue that you felt strongly about and you lose, you have to remember there's a ton of governance and a ton of investigative rights you have as a state citizen to go dig into that stuff and say, okay, fine, I didn't, I didn't want that to pass. But now that it has, what's happening to the money? How's it being managed? How's it being enforced? where is the audits when did we bring in a third party auditor to make sure that this is being managed correctly um i mean that's it's classic saul Alinsky stuff but it works you just you wear down the bureaucracy
0: yeah and you know the other thing that you're bringing up there too is it just shows how where uh, there can be some almost like a national form of neurolinguistic programming from the From the 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 billionaire class that are really trying to make investments in how way things work and how the future is going to shape up How they really reach out to the public and try to you know, know, play to their baser their baser uh, Instincts and their desires and reverse psychology and then of course you add uh, language manipulation on the ballots and and however you you really just assault the senses that's how you can manufacture uh, consent in ways that people are not even detecting. And then, if, then there's just so much more above that with the way that, the way that there's just a, a fog of war um, on, in state governments and the relationship with the federal government and so much unaccounted for money and the skim. Because we're, we're so out, out of balance with how, uh, how, how money is supposed to be used stringently. And it's not supposed to be funding anything outside of what is in Article One. Uh, there is just the, the skim is everywhere, and nobody even. I mean, there's no way to even probably quantify how much how many billions of dollars are stolen from even small parties all throughout the year because we're now we're at the 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 point where the norm is spending trillions. So I mean, it's uh, it's one of those things that it just it keeps getting. More and more uh, disastrous and dizzying when you think of the the scope and size of the of the monster um, at at, uh, at in in play here, but let me ask you something real quick about the marijuana the cannabis initiative do you, are you of the belief i don 't even know if it's belief I think there actually might be a fact pattern there but that whenever there is legalization recreational marijuana that if it's recreational in a red state it is very very it's not too much longer after that that it goes blue do you believe that there is a correlation between getting everybody uh legalized recreationally and having their their uh their their values loosen up a little bit and we slip into democrat land or is that just uh is that just a coincidence
3: i think that's interesting i had not I not, had not heard that before, but I had heard that in relation to other things. Um, it's an interesting idea, it's an interesting theory. I think if we take a look at, at I won't say obvious, but one of the more obvious of the states that have legalized in the case of, of Colorado, Colorado was already moving toward becoming quote unquote blue. Um, there's a couple of other states out there that were already kind of trending in that direction will some of these other states that are passing these marijuana initiatives uh suddenly go from uh, red to purple or red to blue I don't know we'll have to you know we'll have to look at the data but I think in a couple of those states where that's happened if you look at at their history politically uh the likelihood of them going blue or changing significantly on a, on a political spectrum is is fairly thin in my opinion unless we you know we have more we have more more data along those lines but the other thing too that's interesting is when colorado first did this and this is a classic lying with statistics when colorado first did this a number of u.s states were like hey we got to get on this bandwagon look how much money colorado's making in taxes and it's like yeah but for god's sakes i mean just common sense folks as soon as other u.s states start doing this because where was colorado making a lot of that money well they were making it from from marijuana tourism And that went out the window as soon as other states who also had wealthy populations who could afford to travel to colorado to go experiment with cannabis or or, uh edibles or whatever it might be so now that it's more spread out colorado's tax revenue has been plummeting and so uh for certain political science monitors who who are you know trying to stay objective and not get too emotional about these topics which is hard to do um it's it's a similar um problem for Colorado losing tax revenue that North Dakota has every five to eight years, there's a bumper sticker in North Dakota that tends to pop up periodically that says, please, Lord, if we if we find oil again in our state, we swear this time we won't screw up the tax money. Mm-hmm. because And then they have a little line that crosses out what year it was, because in and and i'm a little older but i mean you know i remember in 1988 when when north dakota and certain western states uh were uh exploring and and uh exploiting their their um oil reserves and and opportunities that were their natural gas especially with teaboo and pickens um but north dakota's gone through this boomer bust cycle a number of times in their case it was it was petrochemical and uh, we had it again uh, in 2007, 2008, uh, there's been a couple of other times, uh, but when fracking was deployed, which is you know controversial in its own right. But yeah, it, it will be interesting to also see, uh, did several US states deceive themselves? Please see the previous comments I just made about holding your own government accountable. Did several US states deceive themselves into believing, oh, we can count on whatever, five, 10% more tax revenue right. from uh, having cannabis legalized? Because it's like, look, this is kind of like, you know, I live in a, in a town, it's kind of like a medium-sized city, and it keeps having the same problem that every time somebody builds a shopping mall, the same number of shoppers go there than other places. It's just the same number of people. You're just giving them a different place to go. They're just kind of, you know, it's the old joke about if we can't get a hold of beer, we'll gift to, to hard alcohol. Um how many folks who who now are, are going to increase their use of cannabis uh, or start using cannabis are simply going to switch away from uh say alcohol or or something else yeah yeah it's, then, it's, no, it's,
0: a, it's a good point I, it's good good point there too because as I always say that whenever i've been uh, I, i've been able to go to a couple of different states that have that have this uh you know this recreational legalized and going into a dispensary is really I don't know. It's a it's a fun kind of a I don't know a Willy Wonka experience if you've never been there before. But you're just you're just taken back and you're like, wow, look at all the varieties and this is all legal, right? So, but but when you look at the the prices compared to you know the guy down the street that you've been buying from for years, it doesn't really change much. So I, I don't know. I and when I asked you about whether or not recreational initiatives does have a tendency of changing red States blue uh, it, it wasn't because I have a conviction one way or another I, I just so, see some people no theorize about that and uh, because I certainly don't think that recreational does much to change people's habits um, because they most people have been doing it the whole time anyway so I, I don't know I, I guess I have to look a little bit into that more into that myself. Um, I do want to bring something else because you'd mentioned boom and bust. And i want to go on a little bit bigger scale with you now i was reading a article on zero hedge it focused around an interview that martin armstrong did recently and um let me get it up here on the screen legendary financial geopolitical cycle analyst martin armstrong began 2023 predicting chaos would be coming to the world uh, and now he says, "Is this kind of destabilization a coincidence, or is it a deep state globalist plan?" You know, this is a you know, Ukraine, Gaza, and Israel, wide open borders. FBI predicting huge terror attacks, right. all that stuff. He says, "Why?" Uh, the, he was asked, "Why are the demonic dark powers taking peace from the Earth and forecasting big terror events coming to the United States?" And Armstrong contends it is very simple. Basically, we are looking at a sovereign default. Governments are pushed to the limits at this stage. You even had Fed head Jay Powell come out last week and say the spending is unsustainable. The Biden administration is completely corrupt and an absolute disaster. It's not really Biden. It's, he's just there to sign whatever they stick in front of him. So as far as the, the future that we have right here on the Great Reset timeline, we've got multiple wars, opening up on different fronts we already had a uh, you know a, a very over leveraged dollar uh we have a wide open border it's true but now we're starting to get to, we're going back to islamic terror forecasts do that it feels like you know flash flashback to 20 years ago where do you see this all, uh, all going right now, especially with the dollar hanging in the balance? There needs to be a transi- transition away from that at some point. I know every time that you and me and, and, uh, and, and V get on the phone in our respective shows, we're always talking about how it's the end of the dollar. But, you know, I, I'm Peter Schiff has been saying that it's the end of the dollar for as long as I've known about his work. Uh, Ron Paul, I mean, I know eventually. I mean there there has to be no tricks left in the bag over there but uh we're just we're hanging around it seems
3: I've I've been vigorously jo- uh, jotting down some notes over here in my notebook while you and I are talking with your audience because I want to make sure I stay on topic which unfortunately is why I have to write up my shows in advance on on rogue or else I'll I'll end up somehow getting into the the Mycenaean Greeks yeah. Uh, while talking about treasury bills. Um, the first point is a number of us on the Rogue team. Now, as the old joke goes with economists, you can ask four economists who are all on the same side of a particular issue, but yet you'll still get four different answers. Um, a number of us on Rogue are are loosely put in alignment on the following, which is that there's been a battle between certain central bank leaders globally, and, and Jerome Powell is one of them. Um, or other key economic officials in certain countries who've taken on a more nationalist tone or a more no- nationalist focus on what they're doing. And to oversimplify, what does that mean in dog ears, well, it means that they're not too keen on going along anymore with what's coming out of Switzerland or or said loosely the Davos crowd out of Switzerland. And for those of you who know the content we do on Rogue and there's others of us out there that have a similar viewpoint, um, behind these shadows to us is, is the organization known as, as the London Corporation. So that said, Jerome Powell right now, in a strange twist for us, is in a battle with Janet Yellen over at Treasury. And it's because Treasury and Janet and others like her are holdovers from the Obama administration, which small sidebar – we made note on one of our programs recently that we found it interesting that if they're referring to donald trump or they're referring to even jimmy carter um who obviously is in very ill health they always describe them as the former president or in the case of donald trump they just say donald trump but anytime anyone mentions barack obama it's always president obama and it, and i'm i'm like my my colleagues and i are, are smiling but getting a slight chill when we hear that because it's like Yeah, you all still can't bring yourselves to say it out loud, but but he's still technically in charge because it's not it's not Joe Biden, Right. Um, So that said, you've got a lot of folks out there right now in Japan, in China, in Europe, uh, for and against with inside Germany, Uh, definitely in Poland, Romania, Bulgaria, a lot of the Eastern European countries, Uh, Turkey, uh, also Algeria and Morocco. All of these countries right now are fighting it out with either I want to look out for what's right for us as a nation versus no, no, we got to go with what the Swiss are telling us. And when I say the Swiss folks, I'm being rather loose when I say that. So to your other point, Frank, this thing about the dollar, that also to to many of us is kind of a coded reference. When you hear people say, well, the dollar, the dollar, America, the dollar, there's a lot going on there because the dollar is still a reserve currency. It's still a fiat currency to use economics or political science terms. It's still a fiat currency. It's supposed to, quote-unquote, stand for something, which at one time was based on precious metals, which now we're just going on the faith of our governments, which is somewhere north of hell. Mm -hmm. But um, the dollar is still the benchmark, and then the big one that no one – I don't want to say no one talks about because there's a number of people who do say this but it's it's the assumption. It's the thing that the big people know when they're talking about the dollar, but no one wants to like kind of, for those of you playing the home game, we would just like to remind you that when we say the dollar, one of the many things that really means is, how are precious metals being denominated by central banks? Because you better believe, we've covered on Rogue extensively the last two to three years, how much bullion, and I don't just mean gold, I'm talking about platinum, palladium, hell, even copper, in some cases, industrial materials. These banks have been acquiring to try and bolster something of substance for their for their currencies. But the real big one, folks, is anytime we start talking about the dollar, what we're really talking about is energy. We're talking about oil being denominated in dollars. Now that's the one that even people that are on the, yeah, the whole thing's crashing, even those folks don't want to say out loud that it's like, yeah, but like if all of a sudden we wake up one morning and they're denominating oil in Saudi currency or Chinese rinbai Well, I mean, holy crap! That's a major, major thing that just happened. Because as long as energy is still denominated in dollars, then the U.S. economy can still be run based on how many dollars for a barrel of oil. Mm-hmm. Now, um the, this is also a, a rather interesting little sidebar, and it does relate. But I've been covering on a couple of my my programs on Rogue about how, uh, as I often tell my audience, stay with me. Um, there's a number of key shipwrecks, Frank, all around the world. Uh, there's about eight. Uh, we covered each of them individually. Who was the vessel? When did it sink? What was on board? A- actual
0: that it, actual shipwrecks you're talking. Actual shipwrecks. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, this, yeah. like this Spanish and, galleon we just learned about off the coast of Colombia yesterday?
3: Yes. And we, we were talking about the San Jose two years ago. And the thing about the San Jose, folks, is, is that, loosely put, it was a Spanish galleon. It had a lot of cargo on board. And it... it <laughs> It basically got jumped by the British Navy. Uh, they sank it. They actually dropped a shell into the powder magazine on the vessel and, and blew it sky high. The thing is, is that folks have been looking for that ship for some time. They did finally find it a couple of years ago. And the estimates, and I'm using air quotes on this side of my, my uh, monitor, the, the estimate is is she's got about $20 billion of uncut emeralds, gold, gold bars, gold coins, a whole bunch of other stuff. Then there's, of course, the numismatic value of that stuff, that the list goes on. There's a whole bunch of these shipwrecks around the world. But the thing that isn't really covered is the minute somebody finds one of these, or the, the minute somebody starts wanting to dive on one, one of these vessels, all of a sudden, international courts start coming to life. And in the case of the San Jose, Yes, Frank, to your point, it was announced this week on the Daily Mail and a couple of other news sites that the Colombian government has said, hey, as soon as the current president's out of office, and by the way, folks, that's code for something. I'm not going to get into that. But there's a coded reference why they're waiting until that president's out of office. But that they're going to finally dive on that vessel, and they're going to bring the contents up. And, of course, it was within an hour that Spain, Britain, a whole bunch of other countries all said, and we'll see you in court. Now, I'm joking, but And, not and, really,
0: and, and the American divers who've actually found it.
3: Correct, yeah. correct. And so, you know, loosely put, what's the big deal? Well, there's no other way to say it. The big deal is this is real, actual money. Yeah. I don't mean, oh, yeah, I've got a Spanish doubloon. I, it's even simpler than that. It's got a freaking gold bar. If I've got a million dollars in paper money sitting somewhere on a pallet, no matter what paper money that is, no matter whose it is, it starts depreciating the second it's sitting on that pallet. That gold bar does not depreciate. So no one really wants to get into this outside of certain kind of circles of people. But there's a huge amount of hand-wringing going on anytime somebody wants to go pull the cargo of any of these ships up because now Colombia is stepping into the international environment while we're possibly moving to a digital economy but before everything goes digital, as the old saying goes, we got to figure out how we're going to pay all these debts. You know, Colombia gets to sit at a better chair at the table if they come walking in with $20 billion of real money. Now, it, in my opinion, it won't work out that way, I'm sure. And this has happened before. It happened off the coast of Gibraltar a couple of years ago that there was a vessel where its contents were split up between, I think, Morocco, Britain, and I don't know who the hell else was involved in that. I'm sure the Colombians will have to cough up part of the hall. To other players, but any—it's always interesting to watch. Anytime one of these these vessels that went down, even hundreds of years ago, if there's a valuable cargo on board of of metallic money, uh, it's interesting how angry and serious major governments get very quickly. I mean. We don't want to do much about the American southern border, but by God and heck, somebody's pulling gold out of the water in some part of the world, and the State Department wants to know everything that's going on with that. It's like you can tell what matters to these people.
0: Well, let me ask you this, uh, and I, of course, this all ties into the fact that everybody's wondering about I'm I, Armstrong went on to say, here's another thing I had here. He thinks the U.S. dollar will get stronger because capital will flow to U.S. in times of crisis and war. Uh, Armstrong thinks Hamas has won the public relations war and is trying to isolate. Israel on the world stage this attack is much deeper than anyone imagines he says he also went on to uh, comment and say get tangible assets and includes gold and silver core assets he also thinks the global economy will implode but that the USA will go down last he says that the economy will tank in the US but it will be much worse in blue states and things like that so you're thinking that a, uh, a major part obviously if there is an implosion, I mean, you're talking about someone like the the like Powell actually wanting to be a little bit more nationally focused and not go with the Davos crowd, but at the same time, uh, everything else it looks like it's being set up for imploding and, and taking away the last of the wealth in in uh, in the old banking system by having it expended on wars and leaving the southern borders open in the west and continuing the migrant crisis in the east as well so i mean it seems like if there is any resistance from people like powell it's not significant enough to stop what obviously is a planned demolition so uh i i don't um, how do you do you put a timeline on that or do you think that even that is too too uh, too soon to tell
3: well, there's a lot. There's a lot to unpack there, and and you brought a number of, of very pertinent, you know, items that are out there that folks are trying to, to delineate what's happening. There's there's folks better than me. Tom Luongo is one of them who can articulate much better than I can what Powell has been doing that is actually of benefit. It's one of these things that when these folks are battling it out, all of us at our at our level, unless you were lucky enough to bump into somebody on an airline flight, we're not going to get necessarily the uh, bird's eye view of what's going on. We may, as the old saying goes, we may have to wait for the book to get written about what went on behind closed doors. A number of things that are going on is that, for instance, a number of US banks, and I'll be very cautious about how I say this, there's a number of US banks that are in shakier shape than you might believe. And Powell and others like him are aware of that. And so to the language you were using, Frank, about a controlled demolition, there are those out there that are of the opinion that what Powell is doing is is that it's like they've got lists. They know which of the banks out there have problems. I'd rattle these off, but I'd rather not. Um, but the net of it is they they know who's got troubles. And if you look at like uh, a couple of months ago, uh, Chase acquired a bank that ironically Chase had tried to acquire that bank, and the Europeans in the United States said, uh, "No, Jamie, you can't do that." Um, that would create an unfair advantage. And as soon as that bank was in financial trouble, all of a sudden it's like, hey, Jamie, you got the money on hand? Uh, We'll let you buy it today. But for those of us, again, playing the home game, the thing you have to keep in mind is, is that there was no period of the government having to get involved and pump in money and, and calm down investors and this, that, and the other. It literally was in the middle of the night, boom, your bank is now owned by Chase. So it's like, you know, give it a minute, but you'll be able to get your money out here shortly. You'll be okay. But there's other banks out there, and I'm using the the kind of conspiratorial they, there's other banks out there that they want to close down because they know that, I don't want to use the word insolvent, but they've got problems. And there's a lot of trickery in how they do this. They tend to buy up and mess with bonds and things, uh, lines of credit that these banks have to kind of all of a sudden, in the middle of the night, force them into a corner and say, hi, you're now the property of Bank of America or whoever it may be. So that will be going on. And, of course, the last thing we want is less places or or less competition in right. banking. And on the topic of the Fed too, I mean it's uh, there's no other way to say it it's the enemy my enemy is my friend most of us at rogue are violently against the federal reserve and its very existence. But it's like at the same time right now the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Powell is really causing great pain to a lot of the swiss-minded globalist folks out there which I'm a fan. Um but I mean the other thing too is is that <laughs> I've literally lit candles for the man at my church praying to God he doesn't have a car accident because it's like he he is uh, causing great pain to some very powerful people. Wars have been, and I'm not just saying that facetiously, wars have been started over this stuff. Uh, Wars are being fought right now. And to to some of the other comments you were making, I mean, that's where it starts getting kind of hazy, you know, between what's going on in Gaza, the ongoing conflict in Ukraine, uh, never mind the fact that we still have Armenia and Azerbaijan uh, fighting it out. Uh, There's some other problems in a couple other parts of the world that have kind of missed uh, the media's attention. So we've got a lot of conflicts out there, and any one of them that they could leverage uh, for whatever they want to do with it. But but yeah, I mean it's going to be dicey for a while. It's going to be challenging for a lot of people. I've had folks on our program ask us, you know, uh, should I buy gold or whatever, and it's like, well, not to be indelicate, and this is only my own opinion, and I'm not a financial planner. Uh, unless you're you're buying futures out of a mining operation in indonesia i don't know that stockpiling precious metals unless that's your thing is necessarily something you want to do but you certainly want to diversify and you certainly want to take a look at uh uh, at what you're doing with with uh your own money i know mike moore over at um true pundit uh ran a piece a couple of times now where he's advised folks to look into uh credit cards that offer zero interest if you if you transfer over a balance to just buy yourself some time to get get that
0: down well you know i was looking at i mean i that's always been my approach there too i i i, I tend to think that for little people who don't really have a much to throw to have a lot to throw around there one of the easiest way to, to to diversify is to own some physical assets like gold and silver just because it's uh I mean, you know, other people have enough bankroll to park it into land. They can park it into Lamborghinis and put it in a uh, special warehouse. Uh, I mean, but this is a a, a feasible way for us. to. uh, The other thing there is how much are you going to stack? Because if you have to get up and go, if you have have to get up and go and you have much more than a very hefty shoebox worth of neatly stacked silver and gold and all that stuff then what what's the point there too you can't be very mobile this this shit is heavy you need a place to store it so um you know if we're talking about a world that is on the brink of calamity and even that could that that kind of that calamity that instability can transfer into regional um conflicts even in the United States then i guess the big question for the future is how mobile can you be so you can't be dragging around hundreds of pounds of silver all the way so it's um I understand about that that aspect. There's there is a limit to everything, but people who haven't done anything should at least consider it. Now, um, I want to move into the final the final can chapter.
3: could I, I hold you on that on that point for just one second? Let yeah, me throw ahead. a soundbite or two out there. Um, well, and this is where Robert Kiyosaki of Rich Dad Poor Dad fame, you know, he he and others like him often talk about vaulting, um, and you have to be careful with vaulting because, like, banks here in the United States will say, "Oh, we can vault your your precious metals or what have you." Um, and I, I don't mean it the way I'm saying it, but for, for people that are somewhat paranoid, and, and <laughs> perhaps your paranoia has reason, um, Singapore and some other countries out there, uh, strangely enough, even uh, uh, Vancouver, Canada, I mean, I wouldn't trust the Canadian government right now as far as I can throw it, but uh, the folks that run Vancouver are not really the folks that are in Ontario. Uh, so there's some vaulting options if you're if that's your thing up there that you can explore. Again, I'm not a financial planner. But these are things to research and that that is the other kind of big takeaway frank whether it's you know well i'm just gonna put my efforts into prepping or other folks that are like no i'd like to have some gold in the house or whatever it might be or just you know our program i know many others out there have been saying the same thing you know we advise folks to just keep a couple of hundred bucks in cash if you can uh you know in your house or your where you live just to have it handy, quote unquote, just in case. Especially, quite frankly, with with uh, no pun intended, yeah. with some of the problems that have been having just uh, the last two to three weeks now, with folks having difficulty either withdrawing cash out of the bank, uh, or um, the other thing that's been happening in a in a number of of states is folks are depositing checks, but the funds are not available for like days at a time. It's mm. not just twenty four hours. So
0: I saw that, and you know, so then here here's the other where I want to move next. Um... Because I did see those stories about banks who are just shutting down people. Uh, and, it, uh, you know, like I said, when there's less options, there it becomes a little bit more nerve-wracking. So whether we're talking about, just to expand that, consolidated banking due to booms and busts and collapses and merges and all that stuff, uh, whether it be consolidated banking or consolidated uh, power in government, we are looking at a multipolar world soon i mean you there is definitely a line in the sand between what the west the supposed west and nato which to me really looks like the new soviet union and <laughs> and and then you have China and Russia, the BRICS nations, you have the American dollar, the petrodollar, there's all these things that are going on where the the, the real power in the world, even militarily, is is up for grabs. Um, what, what Russia has put on as far as military show in, in Ukraine has, for everybody who's being honest about what is being put on display out there, is very impressive and they get more and more efficient as the times go on. We are essentially sharpening their sword for them and uh, And we're over here. we've got a major cultural crisis. We are at war with ourselves spiritually, and God knows how else that turns into something more of a conflict for us. Uh, we are financially unstable. Uh, the Pentagon seems to think that we have enough weapons to not only uh, supply Ukraine forever but also Israel forever and uh, and then I guess whatever whatever you know enemy or so-called enemy we're going to spit in the eye of next there's just seems to be a breaking point here where the old way of doing things the last 40 to 50 years is definitely at the end the united states looks like a is a joke okay they look like a joke to me so i have to imagine to everybody else i mean it's still a dangerous joke because obviously we are being driven out into the world in very dangerous aggressive ways by people who are acting with reckless abandon they seem to think that where they will get hundreds of thousands of little people killed that will ultimately pass over their house and I uh, I wonder what you think a multipolar world looks like uh, after all of this is that whatever we, we reach a conclusion of what's going on with these multiple wars and all of the previously stated uh, goals of resetting the planet I mean the th- this is a This is this is all very public, publicly published stuff about how the entire world wanted to be remade economically, socially, religiously, everything together. So it it, the average person who looks into this stuff sees these wars opening up systematically, expanding meticulously uh the the economic situation is untenable so we wonder all right is uh are we being pushed into the next phase of our existence and what does that world look like who are the big powers and uh and where do we go from there so uh, describe the multipolar world after whatever we're living through right now reaches its planned conclusion sure
3: um and a little a little color for for all of you in the audience um in especially for the the academic world polarity has often been a reference especially since the end of world war ii to the world having two major superpowers uh at the end of the uh, at the end of world war ii and the beginning of the cold war period from 1945 onward that basically the united states and the west had economic political and social control of a chunk of the planet and the soviet union had uh had the other chunk um then after 1991 and the collapse of the soviet union we entered what was known as a as a unipolar world uh now for certain parties out there that are of the belief of the influence of the london corporation they would tell you that we've been in a unipolar world since the 1850s and i i definitely see their point and you could make that argument but that said as far as all the stuff that we used on this planet to run the world uh, the United Nations, uh, international, what what are, uh, again, it's just the parlance, the, the way they call these things. They call them international regimes, but it's things like international trade organizations. Countries sit on these things and say what weights and measures should be. And then the big one to what Frank and I have been talking about this evening, which is this thing about uh, gold, how currencies are converted, et cetera. So during the, quote unquote, unipolar world, uh, close to end of the Cold War in 1991 through the 1990s into the early 2000s. The United States, basically by default, was just kind of saying, OK, here's how things are going to be. Uh, there were variations on a the theme, and there were still some wars out there. But but on the whole, uh, the United States is kind of directing things. Now we're entering into a period where, and the word weakening needs its own definition, but, but there's a weakening of the United States militarily, politically, and economically around the world. And all those institutions I just mentioned have also gotten weaker. So I'll be covering this in more detail, in fact, on uh, my program this Friday over at Rogue News, where I'll be getting into, loosely put, uh, how we are essentially moving into, <laughs> forgive the use of the term, but we're we're moving into a world that runs like global mafia. Mm-hmm. That, you know, what is the definition of mafia? Well, it's it's organized organizations or families who, and again, it's a very loose definition, but who they derive their income from something that is considered illegal. So they're still business people, but they make money doing things that are outside what we consider the law. The problem is we're living in a world where, again, it's it's a very uh, kind of gross example, but you know, earlier this year, the United States government voted $100 billion for Ukraine. Now we've heard in the news 100 million here, 200 million there, 5 billion here, 5 billion there. But we gotta go back in time to like last spring. The Senate and the House voted on this thing. And there wasn't a peep out of either of the two major political parties. They they still wanted to go back to yelling at each other about what we're gonna name the airport. So we moved $100 billion out of this country To another country that even CNN, before the shooting started, even CNN was doing documentaries about how much graft and corruption and laundering there is in Ukraine. And The joke amongst some people I know and some of the folks we have over at Rogue is they might have just moved that money through Sicily or Sardinia or a couple of other countries out there where you do that sort of thing, but just nobody could handle that big a number, so they had to move it through Ukraine. So. It's not just that we're moving into a multipolar world. What would that mean by a political science definition? Well, it would mean that China and Russia have certain levels of power and authority in the world, and so does the United States, and so does Britain, and so does France, and Japan, and the list goes on. But if we viewed that in the terms of, say, the 1970s, even the United States and the Soviet Union had trade. Even those two countries who were technically in a state of war still had civil dealings with one another. So the more interesting question we have to ask is, why is there conflict in a multipolar world if we're just dealing with a world that is no longer unilaterally kind of directed by the United States, but just has other people sitting at the table? I mean, in theory, that's what the darn United Nations was supposed to be about, even though that was always a a bogus uh, institution. So the, the more important takeaway here is we've got multipolar conflict. And the question is, what's causing that conflict? Well, the conflict is coming about because, again, depending on who you talk to and your view, the Great Reset, quote-unquote, post-2008, and again, the completely out of the blue, we never saw it coming events of 2019, and I'll just leave that where it is, um, all of these things have horrendously impacted the world. And... This was supposed to be kind of a neo-feudalistic environment run out of Switzerland. Again, that's that's a gross simplification, but that broke down. That was the plan, but that's been breaking down ever since 2019. So now what we've got is China and Russia have both their own as well as unified goals. Japan is trying to figure out what they're going to do, both militarily, economically, and socially, because they just don't have the population to, to deal with some of their neighbors. And you have the United States, who has a whole bunch of people, evidently, who've been blackmailed to the eyeballs to such a degree that they can be made to vote on a $100 billion piece of funding for a country that has no importance to us whatsoever, but by God and heck, we're going to argue for weeks over who's the Speaker of the House i mean
0: incredible yeah and thank you for bringing that up that's that's a it's a
3: circus man it's it it's a damn circus yeah so one of the things i'm gonna i'm gonna drive towards is a little bit more detail this friday and in, in our work over at rogue uh for any of you who'd like to to listen in on that um is we're gonna we're gonna dive a little bit more deeply into who and what exactly is going on. And and I use the word mafia simply because it's something people can get their heads around. There's a little bit more going on with it than that. But, I mean, loosely put, we, we have government leaders and we, I mean, Mitch mcconnell uh you know and and a whole bunch of other people out there including nancy pelosi and others we've we've got elected representatives who've been on the payroll of a number of other parties who do not have the interests of this country uh or any country at heart and this is where the whole thing about jerome powell and others who no doubt have their own goals and their own objectives and it doesn't mean necessarily we're all going to agree with what they're trying to do but they're at least not trying to uh What's the old saying, Frank, there out on the East Coast that like if somebody's having a going out of business sale, it's it's uh, you know, you're literally unbolting the furniture out of the store uh and selling that too. I mean, it's we've had a whole bunch of people that have been treating the United States for the last twenty years like an everything must go sale. Yeah. And you've got people like Powell and others who are saying, hold on a minute. Like, yeah, we're all on the take, but there's a limit to how much of the take there can be. Like you're not, you, the the, uh, the parasite is not supposed to kill the host, and that's what a number of people, and again, it's, it's a gross Now You see, you've you you got see. another the number of people globally who are of the opinion, you're killing the host, and we can't have that.
0: Well, I, I, I tend to think that killing the host is something that's necessary with this kind of a transition, because if you can create enough war and enough chaos, and and then have the collapse come economically around that same time, then you can, you can almost, uh, you, you have to find a way to skirt responsibility for the graft that's been going on for the hundred years or so that the central bank system has been in place so i actually think that um that killing the host is a necessary part of the the wrap-up and the cover-up as the same robber barons go then to uh to to Present us with a new system that they once again control. I—that's I, the way I can—I can see this. I don't know how, because I don't know how this can go on for much longer. Let me ask you one last question, though, because it's related. Uh, this is something that I have grappled with on this show before, just speaking out loud, and I've opened it up for callers out there. And uh, and and since you spent a lot of time talking about this, I'd like to pose it to you. How do you see it with Ukraine in particular? How do you see the Ukraine? situation getting wrapped up as they are now everybody's walking back the chances of victory they're finally being honest after two years hundreds of billions and hundreds of thousands of lives lost for no reason whatsoever aside from them saying well we had to do something putin was just trying to invade smaller helpless countries um tell me what do you think is going to be a part of the conclusion in ukraine in particular because like i said the other night it's not enough for russia just to be left with the ethnic russian eastern provinces that they have secured long long ago they have said from the beginning they need ukraine to be a neutral buffer devoid of nato interests So whatever is left of Ukraine is going to have to be that very same buffer, devoid of NATO interests. I don't see Victoria Nuland's sorority packing up their bags and actually leaving. Do you?
3: Well, and I, uh, to just stay very tight on this topic, the the conflict in Ukraine will have to come to an end. It will have to come to an end, and I know Colonel McGregor is one of the folks who have been talking about this. I also know folks that are highly critical of Colonel McGregor, but... You know, I know my way around the defense industry, I worked in it for a number of years. Um, the Ukrainians don't have the numbers, they don't have the people, and even mercenaries don't want to work for them anymore. It's it's a horrific, god-awful mess. Uh, they've lost an immense amount of their population, both due to people fleeing the country as well as conscripted into the military. The war will have to be brought to an end somehow. Uh, it will have to be done in such a way that the various major players can all claim quote unquote we won um no one in ukraine is going to win on this one um but the other thing about ukraine people forget is and and i've mentioned this i think on one of your prior shows frank where where you were kind enough to let me appear um my own ethnic background is russian uh in part i'm also half half scottish um before my people fled in the middle of the night when they murdered our our emperor um ukraine or the region of ukraine was always vitally important to imperial russia and it was always vitally important to the soviet union why well because the region is known as as the step or the step region it is the breadbasket of europe it always has been and it is immense it is an immense food producing region in the world and no matter what happens with the end of the conflict the ability of Ukraine to start producing food again is, there's no other way to say it, is immensely critical. I have a bad feeling that it's just going to be a rusted out hole of what it was before the conflict started. Uh, Russia will no doubt continue to bolster its borders and continue its its uh, military reinforcement on on the border. But I think Ukraine will just continue to be, unfortunately, a hub of human trafficking, money laundering, narcotic trafficking, and everything it was before this got started but even worse because now everybody is more desperate Mm. you don't have you know the industry and other things um there's a lot of very powerful people who and and a lot of very well-read people who have been putting out articles and and videos and things talking about plans uh there's a certain somebody i won't mention but he's been very keen for for the two years of this conflict saying when the smoke clears the united states is going to have two military bases in ukraine uh, now whether or not that happens I don't know but on your on your topic about although I would suspect it will um, on your topic of war um, again not to oversimplify but you know this is November and it is the 60th anniversary of of John F Kennedy's assassination uh, later this month um this is again uh, a topic I know we've covered I know a lot of other folks out there in the alternative space have covered it um it's it's much more clear, I think, now that what John F. Kennedy, and he had his faults, and they were immense, but one of the things Kennedy was trying to do was, Kennedy and those who backed him, people that we only know as rumor and innuendo, they knew that the global economy, and there's no other way to say this, people say what I'm about to say, but it's like if you really internalize what I'm saying, you realize the horror of it, that the global economic environment really cannot operate economically without war and the constant preparation for war. I know there's that famous line out of the movie JFK. What Kennedy supposedly was, was trying to do was shift the US economy to a space-based economy, more uh, exploration of space and so on for the simple reason, and again, I'm oversimplifying, but it's a function of numbers. We need something that employs a lot of people and it's either gonna be global war, on a regular basis or it's space exploration. Now, that is a gross simplification, but it doesn't make it any less true. And it's kind of the same thing here. They have to have these conflicts going on because there's so much of the, especially the Western uh, European economies and the US economy that is tied to defense contracting and similar. One other quick data point is, And i think it was mcgregor McGregor, it may not be i forget who somebody recently brought up a a very powerful and a very important point which was at the height of world war ii the united states had like four four four-star generals and as i'm speaking with all of you and frank tonight we have like over a hundred or more and it's like what in the name of god do we need a hundred four-star generals for i mean who are we fighting (laughs) with whom are we at war other than half the planet I mean, that's part of your problem is, is, and as a former defense contracting person myself, I, I just got done reading this week a number of articles about high-ranking naval officials and others that have all signed on with defense contractors and so on, because they didn't make big money working for the Department of Defense, but they sure as heck will make big money working in the defense space. Yeah. And if there's no major conflicts out there or fear of conflicts to justify, I mean, I live near a couple very large U.S. government research towns. And I can assure you, just based on the job openings, uh, they are open for business. The amount of money pouring in to the defense contracting sector right now in radar research, uh, conflict research, especially drones, UAVs, and similar technologies, uh, after what happened. There were a lot of lessons learned in Ukraine. We covered it in one of our shows recently. Um, man, they can not they can't wait to start spending that money. Of course, the question is, what's that money denominated in? And it will be worth anything. That's a whole other topic. And Jerome Powell, I'm sure, is someone they're keeping a close eye on. Yes. But, yeah. but that said, yeah, the Ukraine, they're going to have to turn Ukraine off. There's just no way. Because if that thing spills over, all of those NATO allies who are getting along right now are not going to get along. And I don't mean they're going to choose sides uh, over, well, we're going to support Russia or we're going to support Ukraine. Uh, it'll be a little worse. Uh, in my opinion it will be all the old hatreds and all the old angers in europe where poland is going to start remembering how pissed off they are at germany about some things that are still not resolved romania and bulgaria will start getting involved about their borders because there's already been i think it's six million refugees out of ukraine which is horrible and they've settled all throughout europe and unlike a lot of north africans who were brought into europe as cheap labor um the Ukrainian uh, refugees are a different kind of problem, and everybody in Europe does not want that on their doorstep. And if Ukraine gets any worse, the flood of folks coming out of there will not only continue to be why, a problem for those countries, why, those did, countries will also deal with their own people fleeing.
0: How, how would you, uh, just just to jump on that real, uh, real quick, but uh, what is the difference between Ukrainian refugees being dispersed throughout Europe And let's say North African migrants showing up and sleeping in in the town squares in Paris.
3: To oversimplify, because the Ukrainian refugees in many cases are highly trained. Okay. You have to remember, and I hate hate to say it. So
0: Ukrainian refugees would actually displace people uh, natives in the job market a lot quicker yes they have
3: they have that potential they have they have trained screw machine i know this from some industries i've worked in over the years frank they've got trained screw machinists and metal uh metal fabrication people and similar there's a lot of american work that can't be done in our country anymore that has been farmed out to poland romania bulgaria in fact i know for a fact that honeywell out in phoenix has a whole slew of eastern europeans that have moved into town to take over jobs that we just don't train Americans to do anymore. The work is still being done here in the United States, but it's strangely enough being done by people for whom English is a second or third language. Um, it's, it's no different than um, uh, not Peter Zehan, but uh, uh, when Zehan, and I know Zehan is not like a number of my colleagues, and, and uh, I don't trust Zehan very much, but uh, I'm trying to think of uh, George Friedman. Uh, George Friedman for years, talked about this thing about when it comes to immigration in the United States or more loosely labor uh, coming across our borders, um, that the people who want unfettered labor entering the United States are better organized and have more money than the people that are trying to uphold the rule of law. There's a whole host of of businesses across uh, the United States, including state governments, quite frankly, uh, that want to leverage that labor and regardless of of one's politics and i truly mean that because i i have friends on the left and on the right um even even my left-leaning friends and i will be in complete agreement about the fact that these folks have no rights in the united states they're they're in the country illegally so we stick them in meatpacking we put them in other high risk jobs and everybody just kind of turns a blind eye that's what happened or what they wanted to happen with all of that north african labor and syrian labor that entered europe because it was low skilled young they could just kind of throw people uh at the work they needed they needed performed but the ukrainians in most cases are are highly skilled trained certainly higher trained than the cheap labor they brought in from north africa Very and interesting. From, from syria
0: i'm glad i'm glad that you uh that you articulated that point uh because it makes a lot of sense. It really does. I uh, I gotta thank you, uh, Velez. You know, it's been way too long since you've been on. We have to do this more often. And I'm really upset that uh, that V couldn't be here tonight. But I'm sure that we'll 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 rectify this over the next couple of days. We'll talk it out and put something else on the on the agenda here. But uh, if you can let everybody know your broadcast schedule, I have, I, and I also want to know what URL you want to. You want to promote the most, so I can get it into the episode description. Aside from just plugging Rogue News, uh, the the channel on sure. YouTube. uh Tell everybody where to find your work, how often you broadcast, and anything else they need to know to keep up with you.
3: Sure, and and thanks again, uh, uh Frank, for having having me on. And and uh, V was very sorry about about what he's oh I know. Trying to tackle on his that, that pulled him off. Uh, he very much does want to appear uh, on your program when it when it makes sense, and/or the the two of us together. So uh, that said, folks, my uh, Vellus program is on Fridays at eleven. Uh, when when I'm doing it, I, I do travel a bit for work, so there's some weeks where I don't I don't have a program. You can find us on Twitch uh, at www.twitch.tv forward slash and it's all one word Rogue News TV. Uh, and it's not just my programs our our colleagues uh, uh Tim uh what do you call it we just had uh, Tim on the other day uh Tim Kirby and uh you know Gus and V does his programs and uh, uh Algo Cowboy who does a lot of the the crypto and financial stuff uh all of that you can watch some of those programs on on Twitch they're available there the other one is Rumble uh if you go to forward slash rogue news one word uh now on <laughs> We're trying to clean it up a bit, so forgive me. We, you know, this is the, uh, and I know Frank knows this, when you try to manage these things when we have other stuff we do in our lives other than these programs. But there's two rogue news uh, IDs out there on on Rumble. You want the one that has a couple of hundred followers, not the one that has a couple of thousand. Our really? Our current programs are the, yeah.
0: Okay. So the, w- w- yeah. what's the one with a couple, oh, so I see the couple of hundred. So that's the one yeah, you want?
3: it's got like 469 or whatever. That's our more current presence. We're, uh forgive me 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 and v are down in the basement with a mop right now trying to clean up some stuff um, but we're still out there and, and like you frank i mean we're we're on youtube you can find us on youtube but uh much like you experienced frank we uh we get we get kicked off youtube pretty pretty regularly so i don't i don't want folks just saying oh well, i'll just find you guys on youtube so the the two best places to find us are twitch and rogue news and as often the case with twitch uh, our programs are usually only available for about two or three weeks after we do one so just be mindful of that. If you're looking for the longer legacy stuff, then then Rumble is probably the best place.
0: Well, that's well. I'm I'm happy you're on again, and thanks a lot, my friend. I hope people go check you out, and uh, and until next time, you you really uh, you really very graciously share a lot of your thoughts and your experiences, and it's been uh, it's been a good ride. Thank you so much. Thank you, Frank. All right, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. There is Velez rogue news good guy and it's been way too long I think I think he was on in 2022 this is definitely the first time this year that he's been on but I'm glad that the the treasure the sunken ships and the treasure came up because the star made me making me wonder now I understand that going to recover anything like that uh, precious metals Precious gems, anything like that at the bottom of the ocean. That seems like tedious work. Especially a ship that was sunk. You know, the, 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 what is it? The San Jose. I believe that the date of its sinking was something like 1708, 1709. Man, you're talking 300 plus years. And for that to be at the bottom of the ocean. For three hundred plus years, you got to imagine that. Even if you recovered a couple of tons of uh, all of all that uh, all that booty down there, think about how far it's been spread just by the way that the the ocean floor shifts and the, the 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 current and all that stuff. Man, there must be so much. Can you imagine if we could drain the oceans just for one day and then put it all back? The one day wouldn't be enough. But I, that would be scary to see what's at the bottom of it. It, w- it really would be scary to see what's at the bottom. Definitely more than enough to start a new currency. A stable currency. Definitely more than enough. Wouldn't have to go into... The, it, 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 that. That's where you actually can see the difference between uh, the bottom of the ocean and space. The fact that some people think it would be easier to go and mine an asteroid for precious metals and back a uh, back a new currency than it would be to go down and find all of those ships and all the precious cargo that's been lost over the centuries, but it's just so cold, so black. Can't see a goddamn thing down there. All right, we'll be right back. Thank you for hanging out. We'll be uh, we'll be doing a little bit more on the other side of the break so don't go anywhere it's intermission time folks time out to press the like button thank you
2: welcome to
0: intermission we'll we'll be right back
3: Yeah, piston,
4: Entering, quite frankly. Quite
2: frankly. Quite 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 frankly. Quite
3: frankly. We all support, quite frankly. Not quite. Quite frankly. Let's
0: go, Brandon. Quite
2: frankly. In Roma,
4: Italia. Quite frankly. You're going on Frank's show tonight? I want to get a Coke. Can I get a Coke?
0: Let's do some super chats and let's go to the Babylon B, just to clean the palate. Jay Britz on quitefranklysuperchat.com says, Frank, I'm gay. Feels good to get out of your system, doesn't it, Jay? All right. Rumble Rants. Slim Pickens over there. And quitefrankly.tv or pill.net either or. Robert Sarnes. Thank you, NJSF. Sean Joe. Alan Wrench says thank you for not playing Hillary Clinton. Alan Wrench also says for your pain and suffering of listening to Hillary, he threw me another, uh, another couple of uh, gold pills for that. Thank you. Sean Joe. Jay Sem says, Hey Frank, what's going on, Jay? Paulie nine three six three says FBI moving out of the District of Columbia. Are you sure? Are you sure about that? I didn't hear. I didn't read about that. Where are they moving? Porpoiseful, thank you, Sean, Joe, Jay. Simpson's great show. I-, I love when Velez is on. Um, Got to make sure that he comes on at least twice in twenty twenty four. Captain Plint, Sea Blanche, Witchy Pooh sends a ship. Says Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. We did it. Again, over 10K in gold pills. Wow, thank you so much. Now, you know, i got to tell you guys, those are the types of things that are going to really help the show in the next couple of months. To hit new viewership goals on quitefrankly.tv and or pill.net, like I said, I'm going to be providing both both links and making sure everybody is very comfortable and they're transitioning over there. It's a transition you don't even have to lose your genitals over because we hit certain uh, goals over there, things going to get really nice, really, really nice. because we're, again, these are we're forging connections that don't don't go away, that don't go away. There's nothing that's going to there's never a never again. Will there be a, you know, if I get some kind of a strike or something on YouTube or the day that Twitch finally shits the bed or whatever the hell else, there won't be people who don't see me for a week or two weeks and say, oh, where'd you go? Oh, so good to have you back. I was never gone. This is, um, I'm very excited about that. Very excited. I had a couple of people still, you know, express just some some you know loving concern are you sure that you you want to do this i'll I'll tell you something when you do something for love and when you do something and you're doing things that you love and it is love that's driving it everything's going to work out it does that doesn't mean that it's going to be a straight line from a to b uh or straight line from a into infinity it can take a couple of uh, corkscrews. It could be a dip, a dive, you know, a pothole here and there. But I'm telling you, I have uh, never loved this show more. And the possibilities continue to unfurl. And I can't wait to do more to the studio. I can't wait to spend some t- more time with, uh, with the guys in that other room. Because we've been making more and more, tailoring it more and more. To make sure that uh, we can do a lot more um live performances there and i'm not just talking about set the charge i'm talking about bringing people in on a saturday night and having a musical guest on a saturday night here that's aside from the fact that we have akira the don out there in mexico who was uh ready to do another uh intermission you remember when akira came on for our our election night programming and we did a little bit of a breakaway to him and he would he did his uh performance it was so awesome we gotta do more stuff like that and uh, it's a, it's a good time time to stay excited especially since they're trying to make us get all worried about the new year don't worry head on a swivel thank you again captain flint and everybody else out there you're all fantastic people now let's go to the babylon b Let's take a look at some stuff here. First one up on the Babylon B. Here's a headline for you. Uh, new Grand Theft Auto. The new game will have an unlockable Soros DA mode where all crime is legal. So you can choose your difficulty. Easy, medium, hard. But now, before easy, is it even easier difficulty level. It's called Soros DA where you can literally do anything kill anybody and you'll just be fine. That's it. I'm telling you Rockstar Games. They know what they're doing. Here's a headline sad casting director for new Spider-Man movie unable to find an actor who hasn't already played Spider-Man. It's true. It's true. There's 10,000 in the mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Headline man suspicious account Chocula not really part of a complete breakfast i gotta tell you something count chocula is one of those those cereals that i have always wanted to try but never have i don't know if my mother ever got it for us when we were kids because you know we would request certain things and and she would never my mom was not the type to say no you're not having count chocula for for breakfast she would do it she liked the fruity pebbles. We got the, the the cocoa pebbles. I love. We had cocoa puffs, um, tricks, uh, kicks. Those popped up every once in a while, but they're kind of bland. What else is there? Frosted flakes. We definitely got sugary cereals whenever we wanted to try something new. Oh, there was a there was the Ghostbuster cereal. Maybe she did get us Count Chocula once. I don't remember it though. I don't think it happened. Lucky Charms. The best snack, the best snack cereal, one of the best snack cereal that I don't ever hear anybody talking about is Rice Krispie Treats cereal, where it's the clumps of Rice Krispie Treats. You put that into a bowl with some whole milk, maybe a little bit of half and half, so you get the creaminess up to the top level of the creaminess scale, and then you just let the... It, that. My mother would buy us boxes of that every once in a while and it would be gone in a day it was stupid it was stupid but cal chocula i think one of these days you know what i'm going to do right no frank don't do it you know what i'm going to do right maybe i'll get one of those sampler packs a tiny one just to say i know what it tastes like then again do i really know what it used to taste like because nothing tastes the same Anyway, Count Chocula, it is not a part of a complete breakfast. uh, It's a stoner snack. Let's just be honest here. All right, headline, let's go. Republican Party checks into rehab for addiction to losing. (laughs) I'm I'm addicted to losing. I love losing. Here's another one for you. More grocery stores installing defibrillators at checkout for when you see your total... Oh, this is true. This is true. They get the AED right there. Headline, husband hospitalized after being crushed by avalanche of wife's bottles falling from shower shelf. Lauren's not that bad. She definitely has an arsenal. She definitely has an arsenal, but she's not that bad. And the other thing here, too, is that um, she and Aurora really do most of their their work with you know showers and baths in one, in one shower and I usually use another just because of the, the placement in the house and I like putting the radio on and stuff like that so I figure you know I don't want to be too close to the bedrooms and wake anybody up with my late night showers late night shower contemplations sit there and stare here you go Anybody else? Is this anybody else in the shower? Is that anybody else in the shower? Just staring straight ahead? Get lost? Get lost for 10 to 15 minutes, then... Well, what's going on? (laughs) So, uh... Anyway, you know, everybody, start taking pictures of yourself in the shower and send it to, uh... Quite frankly... (laughs) I want to see your shower face. All right, here's another head for you. not not another head uh, I, the reason why I said head is because this guy's holding up a head. Thomas Kincaid Studios releases violent scenes of the Old Testament. somebody always getting their head cut off in the Old Testament. but um wait wait where there's another one here. This is the one we'll end on. Harvard Harvard University installs new Jew detectors at all entrances. <laughs> just want to make sure how many of those jews are coming on oh man all right well that's what i have for you that's all i got for you tonight on that front oh here's another on the war front for you The Army just put out a new recruitment video. Together we can take on any challenge. Visit GoArmy.com, and it is not going over well very – it's not going over well. And it's because of this. Here's a a 30-second Army commercial that just came out. It's called Jump. Be all that you can be. So now now for those of you in podcast land who didn't see the 30 seconds I put up there, this is a uh, it's an, it's a 30 second paratrooper recruitment video. And what's happening here is that a lot a lot of people see that all of a sudden, because, you know, the war in Ukraine is doing its thing and everything is all attention is being rolled over into this uh, war in the Middle East that may expand and and uh, may call may call our, inv- our involvement in there. Boots on the ground, all that stuff. I saw that the United States military just struck targets in Syria today. So they're dropping bombs over there, if the bombs ever stop dropping. But this this now that things are getting a little bit more serious in the world it's incredible the timing of a 30 second paratrooper commercial wherein there is no diversity there is no diversity every last person every last man jumping is white every last man jumping is white and everybody's just everything in the same thing because you the messaging is is non it's consistent and it's backed up by the rhetoric that is being put out there in every press conference across the military industrial complex that includes what's going on at the white house the joint chiefs all that stuff and and here listen to some of these these comments this one guy left a uh, left a quote from david irving says if the british soldiers in normandy who went to the beaches in 1944 could see what happened today they would not have gone 40 yards up the beach i believe it another one says i would like to join the military but as a white heterosexual male i don't want to take opportunities away from minorities (laughs) uh here's another never fight for those who openly despise you the Army is the Bud Light of service branches. We're not boycotting you. We're just abandoned. We've just abandoned your brand completely. Good luck with the diversity hires. Another person. Oh, here comes General Patton says, we've defeated the wrong enemy. Oh, I mean, it goes on and on. They're getting destroyed. This is all over the place getting destroyed. And it's true, you know, it, the timing is is just incredible and, and it's noticeable by all. Where did all the diversity in the recruitment videos go now that we're getting into uh, we're getting to closer to fighting and dying again in far off lands? I dunno. Anywho, that's what I wanted to throw up there in your face. So you can give me a call. I'm gonna open up the lines. It's None That nope, that's rogues. Rogue News, 914-200-0269. It is now open lines for the rest of the way. It's 842, and I want to see what the hell is going on with you. So uh, get your phones warmed up, 914-200-0269, and we'll be back in a flash.
1: I, I, no, 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 I'm terrible at telling jokes, but a guy, uh, his whole head is a giant pumpkin. His friend goes, What happened? He's like, I found his genie in the lamp, and he gave me three wishes. And he's like, what happened? He goes, well, the first wish I wished for like a hundred million dollars, and I got it. And then for my second wish, I wished for like a beautiful lady, and I got her. And the guy's like, yeah, but what happened? He's like, the third wish, that's where I really blew it. And the guy goes, what happened? He goes, I wished for a giant pumpkin head. Had it friend, you looking for a message board? Go to quitefrankly.tv and enter the forum. Engage with official show topic threads or start your own thread. Get signed up. It's that easy. And it's not Reddit, so don't sweat it. For the forum and so much more. It's quite frankly.tv. Yeehaw.
4: moments later.
2: Welcome to Perpetual Health Minute, brought to you by Quite Frankly... Meat intake, it's going to shorten your life, right? Well, a paper published in 2022 in the International Journal of General Medicine looked at 175 different populations from around the world, and they found that meat intake, not carbohydrates, to be a significant predictor of life expectancy. And actually, in contrast, carbohydrates showed a weak to negative correlation with life expectancy. Now, when you combine that with the fact that today, the people of Hong Kong are both the longest-lived and the highest consumers of meat per capita— a very different picture starts to emerge. Now remember, correlation is not causation. It doesn't mean that if you eat meat, you're guaranteed to live a longer life. But what it does mean is that meat is not going to shorten your life. Remember, there is a big difference between eating a pepperoni on a pizza and eating a grass-fed steak. If you like this video, please follow the new Perpetual Health Rumble channel. You can also find us at perpetualhealth.substack.com. But for now, thank you for watching and on with the show.
0: please go follow uh, our boy Jay Gulinello on his new Rumble channel because you're going those are the the, the one minute hits that he makes just for this this show but he does longer videos there and he's going to continue to expand his own content So, uh, so follow up with him because that is life saving material life saving it really is save your life get healthy and get debt free do whatever you can dedicate your entirety your entire being to those two things all right let's take some calls first one up you're on the air who's this hey thanks this
1: is terry out here in la how are you
0: how are you terry it's great to have you on you sound very chilled out
1: I am very chilled out. I've been trying to get a hold of you for over a week about have you ever touched an alien, right?
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, like, like Goldie uh, Hawn?
1: Well, I have never, but an alien touched me.
0: Okay. Well, I want to hear it.
1: All right. It's quick. I was listening to a former YouTube channel, Mario Gatto Aladino. And he had channelings from different groups and different archangels, Archangel Michael, the Arcturians, Palladians, blah, blah, blah. And um, there was one that was the Arcturian saying that if you're ready, we'll come into your sphere, we'll come into your orbit. So I was getting ready for bed and I was doing my little nightly routine and I was praying and I was saying, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Like, yeah, let's do this. I want to experience that. And I got into bed and I put my hand, I sleep on two pillows and I kind of curled up in the fetal position and I slipped my hand in between the two pillows and a hand came through the wall. My bed is up against a, an outdoor wall. You know how somebody will slip you some skin, like you know, <laughs> yeah, not, yeah, and and slip me some skin, and I jolted up and I said out loud, "I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Please go away. You can't. Ter- this is this is too. It's, it was terrifying." Um, now,
0: anyway. <laughs> what's on the what's on the other side what's on the other side of that wall? Uh
1: other apartment buildings, the uh, back alley, nothing I mean Okay. Just the usual. All yeah. right. So yeah. so you
0: felt you felt a an alien hand. Uh meet your hand between your pillows as it came through the, to 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 slip you some skin now do you remember the sensation of the hand as it gave you a little bit of a low five and slid across your palm there was it was it cold and clammy was it warm like yours was it scaly what what what, what do you have for me
1: it was bigger than mine it was warm and it was mo- not moist it was sticky it wasn't it wasn't dry or scaly. It was as if you were going to it was like anybody doing that, but it was just a bigger, heavier hand. Mm.
0: Okay, and you were totally you were totally sober. You did not go to the the local dispensary that day and just, you know, down <laughs> no. none of that. No,
1: I wasn't. I was actually quite prayerful and I was sincere in my request and um I actually ran it by, I do love channeling. I love when people have that gift to be able to channel um, outer sphere beings, angels. And um, I was going on Wednesday evenings to a Zoom call that had that was channeling the angels. It was called the Angel Dialogue. Mm-hmm. And um, I asked if that was real, and it was. They, they said, yes, but you weren't ready, you're not. Well, I Think you're ready until it happens. So Ter- and you're like, oh, well, hell, well, Terry, well,
0: Terry, looks that. like you were ready that night. Uh, wh- how real quick? How long ago was this?
1: Uh, about a year.
0: About a year ago, and you and you have not tried it. You have not tried it yet. You've had your <laughs> you've you've had your close encounter, and that was yeah, close I, enough. You
1: got the wrong girl. No, I ain't
0: the one. No, okay, not.
1: that's you. It,
0: cl- it was too
1: visceral. It literally made me jump up. And say out loud, it was so immediate.
0: I, no, I get you. Frank, not, I I, yeah. I get you. And there and there's one for the books right there. Thank you for the call, Terry.
1: My pleasure.
0: There you go, Terry from Los Angeles, calls in, and she has she wanted a close encounter. And man, oh man, that was that's what I was expecting to happen to me when I was at the uh, the inn in Chester, Vermont. All right? When I was at the Haunted Inn in Chester, Vermont, I was totally expecting me to be laying there and somebody giving me dap. I don't know. Nothing happened. Thankfully. Thankfully, nothing happened. All right. Let's take some more calls. 914-200-0219-475. How are you? Who is this?
4: Hi, Frank. Uh, This is Laura from Connecticut.
0: Hey, Laura. How are you?
4: Hi. Hi. Good, good. I called in a few times uh, a while ago. Um, I also wanted to just call. I usually call about, like, vaccine information and stuff like that. Um, We have, like, rallies here in in Connecticut that I wanted to tell you about. But I also um, am calling because a friend of mine um, is part of uh, WeThePatriots.org, um, and they uh do a lot of work there and and they have like uh lawyers that work there and um all sorts of lawsuits going on they're they're fighting um you know in connecticut and in a few other states um but they also did a, a movie, and the world premiere is tomorrow, so I just wanted to tell your listeners
0: okay um, what what's the movie about real quick?
4: It's called Shot Dead and it's free um they on uh, if you go to their website and it's about um about the parents that lost children to the COVID shot. And w- w- um, what's
0: and goes, what's like, the, the website, real quick? You can put the okay. website out. You can go, you can share the website if you want. What oh, is it?
4: Sure. It's called um, WeThePatriotsUSA.org. Okay. And it's like a free. Um, I think they're just letting people go to their website to watch it for free because they they really just want to get these people's stories out. Um, and, uh, and of course, they're taking donations because it's. It's, uh, they, you know, some of the lawsuits are very expensive, um, but they're offering the, the movie for free and it's tomorrow the premiere.
0: Well, that's great. So well, thank you. Yeah. For, it's
4: called we the Patriots
0: Well, thank you so much for sharing that, Lori, and keep fighting thank a good you. fight in, uh, in Connecticut. There's plenty of fight to be had there. Well, you're not, you're yeah. not, you're not too much off, uh, you know, better off than I am over here, but thanks again for the call. Well,
4: we're, 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 we're from New York and we
0: got kicked oh. out. Oh, Okay. Well, religious exemption. you know what? So. Uh, you, you know, in, in Connecticut, and like I said before, in 2020, when we were going through all that, and Lauren was pregnant, and and again, thanks for the call. Uh, Connecticut was was the place that gave us options at the hospital that we could not get in New York. They gave us waivers. They respected informed consent a lot more. They did not. Uh, they did not, in a way in a roundabout way, threaten to get uh, I don't know, CPS or something like that involved if we if they or, or, or threaten to or tell us that even reasonable requests from the from the hospital as related to certain shots and other protocols uh, could end up getting me listed as belligerent. So be that as it may Thank God for Connecticut in September of 2020 because that was a last-minute switch. Last-minute switch. Let's go do our Super Chats, and tomorrow we're going to take a lot more calls from people. I have a guest that's coming on with us mm-hmm. in the uh, the first half, but the second half is going to be a lot more calls. I really want to soak you guys and gals up because Friday night I'm not going to be live at night. I might do something you know from the back porch during the day on Friday. And then saturday i don't know what's going to happen once maybe once i get back from boston i'll do something from studio b just to say hello if i'm not uh, totally physically exhausted and wasted from not only the uh the course the obstacle course out there but then the six and a half hours of driving total which isn't too bad but it could be an exhausting day still I want to stay in touch over the weekend. Car Guys, New England says, hi, Frank. Great show as always. Have a blessed rest of your week. Jay. Thank you so much, Jay. Another Jay, Jay Brits says, Frank, praying for still waters with your family and friends, hoping the weekend goes well. I I always pray the same for you and everybody out there. I love to see the, the audience come back every night that we're live, and I always pray to see more audience. And uh, little by little, we are uh, we're getting introduced to all your friends, your family. And then, as fate may have it, some people just still stumble upon us. But the operations are about to get a little bit more intricate. And uh, and hopefully we can put some signal flares out into the greater Internet and draw some new eyes in in ways like we never were able to do. So thank you for sticking with me and. Continue to stick with me. I promise we're going to continue to work our asses off. Katie Skye says they make Fruit Loops with Lucky Charm-type marshmallows now. My gosh. That is literally just snacks. That's snacks. Okay, that is a... All right, that looks dangerous, and I'm going to keep that in the cabinet for a night that I'm really going to let my hair down and uh, and go co- go hog wild, because anybody who had that for breakfast is really starting their day off on the wrong foot. But it does sound intriguing. It does. I gotta say. All right. Uh, what else do we have? Anything else? Anything else? One, two, three. Zip a Alan Wrench, hold on, there's a couple more over here. Captain Flint, C. Blanche. Chai Possum says, thank Frank. Thanks, Frank and Velez. Great show. And C. Blanche, again, Godspeed all. Godspeed to you guys and gals at home. I'll see you tomorrow night, Thursday. It's been a wonderful time with you all. And uh, until then, keep your pants off. Got no time for that. Oh, I screwed up again. I did not line up. There it is. Now it's lined up. All right. We'll be back tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. See you then. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you. Quite frankly, it's film of our live studio audience, and now our Super Chatters, Car Guys New England, Jay Britz, Katie Sky, Jay Britz again, to all of our wonderful friends over there on Pill.net and QuiteFrankly.tv, using that wonderful gold pill system. You guys, I'm releasing the scratch, and I love you all, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good night. Get to QuiteFrankly.tv. Enjoy your hump day.